Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. How many of you know what our church slogan is? It was up on the screen a moment ago. Vision for life. Vision for life. And the the reason that we, you know, had this slogan is we were feeling in our hearts as we were starting the church and God was opening the door for us to begin is that, you know, God has a plan for every person. And the plan that he has, we call it vision for life. It's vision for every single area of your life. So I want to read to you a very, another familiar verse in uh, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29 and look at verse 11. How many of you have this one memorized? In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not, to, not for harm, but plans to give you a future and a hope. The King James Version says, an expected end. An expected end. And so God has a life. He has a vision for your life, if I can say it that way for you in every area. You know, um, a few years ago, we were blessed with a trip to Hawaii for $39. How many of you for $39 would go to Hawaii? All right. Yeah, I thought so. Those of you that aren't raising your hands, I don't know. Maybe you don't like Hawaii. I don't know. But so we decided to go and they had given us, blessed us with a timeshare there. And it was amazing. And so I had vision for how to get to Hawaii. And my daddy worked for American Airlines for 38 years. And so my mom offered us passes to fly on my, you know, some of the American Airlines passes. And mom didn't raise a, a dummy. Okay. So I took, I said, yes, let's do the passes. And of course I invited mom to go with us, you know, to Hawaii. And so, so we flew there and we went there in December. Come on, somebody. Everybody here is wearing their coats and shivering and, and drinking Starbucks. We're laying on the beach in Hawaii, getting tan, man, dipping our feet, long walks on the beach. And so, you know, we're enjoying our stay there. But something I didn't plan for, something I didn't have a vision for was the flight home. Because now, after staying in Hawaii a week, it's the week before Christmas. Okay, so let me kind of fill you in if you've never flown on a pass before. If you fly on a pass, there are first-class passengers. There's every other paying passenger. There's luggage, right? And, and no, I'm sorry, there's first-class mail. Then there's luggage. And then there's all the... American Airlines pass holders, okay, right? So some of you that have flown on passes, you know how this works. And so it's the week before Christmas now, and we leave Hawaii, I don't think about it, and we fly into LAX, and, and we get there, and I think, oh, and it dawned on me on the flight, because, you know, that's a pretty long flight from Hawaii over to LAX, and it dawns on me, wait a minute, we are on passes, and it's the week before Christmas, dear God. What do we, how are we going to get home? And so we get to LAX and I, I go straight to the ticket counter. What are my options? Huh. And you know how they, they've, it's like they're writing a book. And they keep looking up at you. Like something's going to change. You know, maybe you'll turn into a different person. I don't know. But, you know, she keeps going, keeps going. And then they say, I, I can't find 
any way to get you home. I will, well, what do you, what flights do you have? Going where, anywhere? And well, I could send you to Austin, Texas. So the short story is we went to, we flew to Austin, Texas, rented a car, drove to Tulsa where my truck was parked at the Tulsa International Airport, got in our truck, drove to Branson, Missouri. I didn't have a vision for how to get home. I had a vision to go, but I didn't have a vision to go home. So you guys don't want me planning your itinerary. I might send you to Fort Lauderdale and then to Phoenix, right? But God has your itinerary. Look at your neighbor, say, God's got an itinerary for you. And it's a good itinerary. It's an expected end. So I want to talk to you this morning about things to know about God's vision. The first thing to know about God's vision for your life is that it has an expected end. Everybody say an expected end. And so the cool thing about it is that that expected end is a good end. It's a good ending. Vision has a destination, you know, and people that are on their way to somewhere specific, I find, are people that have a vision, people that have a plan to get there. A few, well, now more than a decade ago, my wife and I were invited to a conference. We went to this conference and at the conference, they had a pastor's lunch and they invited us to come to the pastor's lunch and, and a pastor of a very large church was, he was scheduled to speak. And so he began to talk about vision. And he began to talk about how their church had grown and how it had expanded and, you know, all of this stuff happened and, and it, things were growing. And he said, but my wife made an interesting statement to me. I got home one evening after a long day of work and she said, honey, you have an amazing vision for the church. You have an amazing vision for all the departments, for how we're, how we're growing and everything that God is doing in the church. And then he said, she said, but honey, what's your vision for all? our marriage what's your vision for our home and our family what's your vision and I I say that to say this this is an interesting scripture in Proverbs 29 18 in fact it's our it's our church scripture the one we use for our church for vision for life and it says this where there is no vision the people perish you perish without a destination without a vision for your life and so what about the different areas of your life? What about the plan that God has for you? It's not just a plan for career. It's not just a plan that God has called me to be a pastor. He's called me to be a teacher. He's called me to be a prophet. He's called me to be evangelist. He's called me to be an architect. He's called me to be a lawyer. He's called me to be a home builder. I'm not talking about that kind of calling. I want to bring it down more to what about the vision that he has for you individually? Because God has a bigger vision than just your personal destination. See, the reason people perish is they don't have a vision. We personally know of a guy in Tulsa that he had a vision for owning a home. He was a young man in his 20s. He was living at home at the time. And, and he got a vision for while he's living at home and not having to pay for rent and have to pay for food and have to pay for all these other things, he began to put away, put away and to save and to save and to save. And you know what he did? He, he had to borrow very little money on a brand new home that he bought because he paid mostly cash for it. Well, his friends were jealous because they thought he was being paid a lot more than they were, but no, 
He had a vision for how he could save and how he could buy a home. See, God's vision is always bigger than our vision. Aren't you glad? Because my vision only goes so far. Think about Moses. You remember Moses? He just had a vision to do what? To free Israel. He grew up with this vision. He grew up in the house of Pharaoh, but he decided not to uh, identify with the house of Pharaoh. He decided to identify with the house of Israel. And so he went out, you remember that day he went out and he tried, he saw all the suffering, all the ways that they were suffering and he decided he was gonna try and help them, but it wasn't the right time. And he wound up in the wilderness, wound, wound up running for his life. But God had a vision that was way beyond Moses. See, you might go with Moses and his vision and get past the Red Sea and walk through on dry ground and you might think, okay, this vision's over. But how many of you know when you get on the other side and dry ground and after you're done celebrating and the dust settles and you look at all the dead, dead Egyptians on the shore and once that's over, you might think, what now? What are we gonna do now? How are we gonna eat? What are we gonna drink? Where are we gonna live? What happens now? But God's vision took them way beyond. His vision was for a tabernacle. His vision was for the Ten Commandments. His vision was way beyond that, preparing for Jesus to come and to bring us home. Man, God has a huge vision, doesn't he? And he has an expected end, a vision for you. He not only has a vision for you, for your career, he has a vision for your finances. He has a vision for your spouse, whether or not you're married at the, at the present. God has a vision for your family. He has a vision for you spiritually, what he wants to do in your life for the faith level that he wants to raise you up to. Because it doesn't matter how much we uh, increase in our faith. God always prunes and says, there's more. There's more up in there. There's more that we can do. There's more places that we can go. Thank God he has a bigger vision than we do. Number two, his vision satisfies. Some people have a hole in their soul and the only thing that will satisfy it is fulfilling what God has designed you to do. God has put a design on the inside of you. He has, he has created you with the ability to do something only you can do. You know, and he'll give you an assignment now, I'm not saying that he won't reassign somebody else to do it because I remember the word he gave John Bevere. Remember when he told John Bevere to write that first book and he said, God, I'm not a writer. I've never written a book. And God said, fine, I'll get somebody else to do it and you'll be judged. Whoa, whoa, okay, whoa, God, I'll, I'll do it, <laughs> I'll do it. But God has a plan. He has a specific purpose for us that, that he's designed us for. And we're supposed to fulfill that purpose. And that's the only place that satisfaction is going to come. Now let's show the Andy Stanley graphic. So Andy Stanley wrote a book called Visioneering. And I've been reading this book. And, and here's the interesting thing. I, I, I haven't been able to get out of the introduction. I read the introduction and I was like, wow, I went back and read it again. Then I went back and took three pages of notes on the introduction. So it's a powerful book. I'm, I'm finally into the first chapter. It's really, really good. But here's some of the things that he said. One of the things that he said that I really liked was he talked about what vision does in your life. Now, let's say that I, I gave you a job. Let's say I was your boss just for a day, okay? And the job that I gave you was that I want you to fill bags of dirt. And you take these bags of dirt, and I just want you to fill as many bags of dirt as you can fill. 
And I don't tell you why. I don't give you a reason. That's the job. Well, probably toward the end of the day, you're going to be going like this, looking at your watch, wondering, when is this going to be over? I'm kind of done filling bags of dirt. But let's say that I give you a vision for filling the bags of dirt. Let's say that it is getting to rain, which is laughable right now. How many of you, it has been threatening to rain for like a week here in Arkansas and not a drop. <laughs> I thought maybe if I go wash my car, uh, you know, something will happen. Maybe if we decide to water the grass, something will happen. But let's say a flood is coming. And let's say that now you're filling bags to build a dike so that you'll stop the town from flooding. Now, how many of you can see, I'm, I'm a little more motivated to put dirt in bags now. Why? There's a vision, there's a purpose, and that's what vision does for your life. When you have a vision for what God has called you to do, it, there's, now there's a whole new meaning behind it. Now there's people on the other side of your obedience waiting for you to step out and obey. I think about Dana Schwedal in here that we had the privilege to meet because we called her uh, when we needed a, a, a video um, for a production that we were doing. It had to do with abortion. But one thing I appreciate about her is that she realized that she had a call in her life. She stepped out of corporate America that she was in and stepped into that call. And now babies are being saved on a regular basis. Young women deciding to carry their children or to adopt their children instead of the alternative. Praise God. So a vote is coming up and I agree. We need to vote. Amen. So if you're not registered, register to vote. So he says this, God wants to bring your life into focus with a God-ordained vision. That's what vision does is it brings your life into focus. When you have a vision for your marriage and what your marriage can be, it brings your marriage into focus and your family into focus. When you get a vision for what your kids can be, what God wants to do in their life. But here's the thing is that people try to satisfy themselves with their career, with making money, with their talents and abilities, with all the things, you know, that they think that they can do. But true satisfaction only comes when you're fulfilling what you were designed to do. Hmm. You know, I think about this because, you know, I, I was told growing up, how many of you were told growing up that you can be anything you want to be? Anybody ever told that? You can be anything that you want to be. Man, go to school, get a great job, you know, uh, practice. I, you know, I remember, uh, I remember one guy I knew that he's, he's probably about my height. And he asked his dad, he said, Dad, do you think I could play in the NBA? And his dad said, well, it's possible, you know, you, you'd have to work really hard for it. You know, but he was not designed for the NBA. He was designed to do something greater than the NBA. See, what you're designed to do is the greatest call. It's the greatest call. But see, if I, I but I, I, I grew up that way. I grew up when people said, hey, you can, you can be whatever you want to be. But that's not true if I have submitted myself at the foot of the cross. Why? Because I've given up my rights. Some of you are looking at me. I've given up my rights and I have submitted my rights to his. Why? Because I've made Jesus Lord. 
When I make Jesus Lord, then that means I'm willing to lay aside my desires, my plans, and do what you've called me to do. See, I, I, I don't know, I, I look at where I'm at right now and I'm going, why am I up here on a stage? Be, because I, I wanted to be a musician. I worked hard to become a musician. I worked hard and practiced hard, but I had no idea that God had a different design for me. But it was the day that I decided to surrender to God's plan that all of a sudden he began to open doors. All all of a sudden he put me in a different position, a position I didn't expect to be in. And grateful uh, because I just want to do what God wants me to do. I gave up my right. Number three, his vision is going to cost you something. And that's what that leads directly into. See, we lost our rights at Calvary, didn't we? Because think about this. What would be more possibly fulfilling than, or, or satisfying than fulfilling what God has designed you to do? Hmm? Some of you might be saying, well, well, Phil, what if, what if I have a spouse that's not in agreement? And, and so how do I get God's vision for my family? You surrender to it. You surrender to the love that he's asked you to surrender to. And you love your spouse regardless because my Bible says that he, he or she is sanctified by you. By you living, who, the, living the life that God has called you to live. And you live it regardless. Live it regardless. Let's look at another scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Turn over there, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 19. It says, or do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Spirit of God who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Say that out loud. I am not my own. For you were bought at a price. I'm free. I'm not a slave. Well, not if you've been born again. You've been bought. He he paid a precious price for you. I've been bought at a price. Therefore, I glorify God in my body and in my spirit, which are God's. Honoring God is discovering the vision that he has for your life. Next one, number four. His vision was pre-planned was pre-planned. Look at Ephesians chapter two. I'm gonna read it to you out of the Passion Translation. We were created with his purpose in mind. Look Look at verse 10, Ephesians chapter two. It says, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned and advanced our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Wow, I'm a product of his vision. I'm here because I'm a part of the vision that God has. And his vision goes way beyond me. It goes years and decades and centuries beyond me but I'm a part of that vision. I mean, look at God's vision. From the very beginning, when he was in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned and he, and he told the devil, he said, listen, you're gonna bruise her seed's heel, but he is going to crush your head. Jesus, God is speaking thousands of years in the future and Jesus fulfilled that dream. He fulfilled that vision. So here's what I'm asking you. What vision are you going to fulfill? 
your own or the vision that God has designed you to fulfill? Man, that's so good. So good, man. Christ, here's the cool thing. Jesus continues to change me so that I will line up with his vision. The vision that he's designed me to carry out. Look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to read this to you out of the NIV version. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, but each of you has his own gift from God. One has this gift and another has that gift. So I don't have the right, again, if I've surrendered my life to Jesus at the cross, I don't have the right to go and take my giftings and the talents and the abilities that God has blessed me with and use them for my own desire. I know you're processing. That's why I'm not hearing many AMNs. It's all good because I, I, we need this to sink in, don't we? We need it to register with us. Number five, his vision is discovered. Pastor Phil, where do I discover God's vision? for my life. Where is it? It's in the Bible. In the Bible. I've read the Bible. Yeah. It's in there. It's in there. But again, I'm not necessarily talking about calling. Let's read a let's read another verse, Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 29. In the Passion Translation, it says, For he knew all about us before we were born. He destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son, Jesus, is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. That's God's vision for our life, that we would become just like Jesus. Man, aren't you glad? But look at this. God has a plan for every area of your life. He has a vision for it. So we can discover God's vision. For instance, his vision for our inheritance. Look at what it says in Galatians 3.29. I'll just read it to you because I'm going to go kind of fast through these. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. God's given you an inheritance. He's blessed you. He has a vision for you for an inheritance. He has a vision for your health. Psalm 91.16 says, With long life you will satisfy me and show me my salvation. That means I get to live long on the planet. That means I get to live the length of my days so that I can fulfill his call. God has a plan for my health because he needs me to fulfill the call. I cannot fulfill the call if I'm sick. We, we traveled with a man uh, named Terry Henshaw and he had a ministry and we traveled nationwide with him, but then we traveled internationally. And one thing I discovered about him was that he traveled a lot because he really understood travel. You know, you have people that, you know, when you first travel, you take a lot of stuff. You don't really know how to pack well and streamline, you know, and kind of take things for double use and, and stuff. And so I learned a lot from Terry, but here was one of the things that I learned was we began to host teams that would come over overseas. And so Terry said, Phil, I look for two things. Two things are most important to me when I have a team coming from overseas. He said, one is where they're going to stay. He said, I wanna make sure that I can find a hotel that has air conditioning, has a nice shower, it's a clean room, 
so because they need to get a good night's rest because they're coming overseas to work and they're going to work 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 and then they're going to come home to a hotel and if it doesn't have air conditioning if it, some people want that immersion experience he said it doesn't work real well because what happens is they don't wind up coming back because they haven't had a good night's rest the whole week when we stayed in the dominican i had people invite us come and stay in my house well, i'd look at their house and they don't have any air conditioning anywhere and mosquitoes man are everywhere you know and they like white boys like me and so I want to sleep at night. I don't want to just battle mosquitoes all night. And it's hot, you know, there's no air conditioning. And so anyway, he said, the second thing, Phil, is food. He said, I look at all the restaurants. I see how they prepare the food. I make sure that they prepare it with filtered water. I make sure that, that the only water that they serve our guests is filtered water. I make sure that we don't eat the produce unless, it's, unless you have to peel it and eat what's on the inside because you have to peel it, you know. And so he had this whole plan. And what was the plan behind it is our goal was to keep people healthy. We need them to work. It's, it's a bummer to go on a week-long mission trip and get sick the first day and be sick all week and can't even help, right? So God has a vision for your health. God also has a vision for your peace. Look at John 14, 27. Jesus said, I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace. Don't, he, oh, I'm sorry. He says, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Thank God for perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. God has a vision for your peace. He has a vision for your finances. Psalm 35, 27 says, the Lord is great and he delights in the prosperity of his servants. God's happy when you're being successful, when you got a pocket full of cash. That pleases God because he wants you to be well taken care of. That's why it's so surprising to me when I hear people are, are so against capitalism. And that's what capitalism is all about, is us prospering. The American dream. That's why people live to come to this country. They, they're desperate to get here because they know if I can just come to America, I can find a way to be successful and to prosper. And then five, relationships. God has a vision for your relationships. Colossians 3.14 says, love becomes the mark, or in Aramaic, the girdle of true maturity love love God has a vision for you for for your spouse do you know that when we had Becca as a baby back in 1995 when she was born in Dallas Texas and and I remember we somebody gave us one of those glider rockers you remember moms with glider rockers and you rock your baby back and forth and and I would hear Nicole praying over over Becca's spouse over her future husband. And I just went, what? Wow. And I got a vision for, yeah, we need to be praying for our kids now, not waiting until they're dating someone. Dear Jesus, let it be, don't let them not use drugs. I mean, no, we don't want bare minimum. We want the person God has. Amen. God has a vision for your kids that aren't with God right now. He has a vision for my relatives 
that are running for God, from God as hard as they can. He has a vision to bring them back. He has a vision, and his vision is in his word. I've given you scriptures because one of the ways that we can activate vision in our life is find scriptures that have to do with what we're believing for, what we're asking God to do. Turn over to Isaiah real quick. Isaiah. How am I going to get there? I didn't bring my I didn't bring my physical Bible with me. In Isaiah, there's a scripture. I think I believe it's in chapter 46. And it says, "Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted." In Isaiah 46. Thank you. 43? 26. I knew there was a 6 in there. Isaiah 43, 26 says, let us contend together, state your case, you may be acquitted. What is God saying in this verse? He's saying, when you're facing something, when you're believing God for me, when you're trying to find vision for this area of your life, go and find what lawyers call precedent, word, promises that God has given. Find that scripture. Find scriptures that you, if you're believing for your children, Find scriptures that you can stand on for your children and say them out loud. Speak them out loud. Why, Phil, should I speak them out loud? Because the book of Job says, I shall declare a thing and it will be established for me. And there is nothing more powerful than declaring what God said because what God said does not return void. It accomplishes what it was sent to do. Man, you're digesting, I can tell. It's getting inside there. So find scriptures, whatever you're believing for, whatever your dream is, whatever the vision is that God has put in your heart, begin to look for scriptures and begin to to write them down and then speak them over that. Lord, I'm praying this scripture over this situation. Man, when, when we were on our way to the hospital, when mom was having a heart attack, I was speaking the word over her. I said, mom, Joel 3.10 says, say, I am strong and I'm declaring strength over you now man you say Phil I'm having trouble in finances man I got a good word for you Psalm 23 1 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want man why because he takes care of me man Philippians 4 19 all my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus man begin to look for promises that you can speak over your life. Amen. So let me land the plane. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God a workman, one who does not need to be ashamed, but rightly divides the word of truth. Sometimes there's a temptation to speak about the problem more than the promise. And so this is why it's important to study the, the word of God. We don't just study the word of God because we're Christians. Well, I got born again. And so now I got to read my Bible. No, no, we are looking for God's promises so that we can use them in our life. I encourage you, take a journal. Write down the promises of God that you find. Because as I'm reading and I'm thinking about situations that we're going through or things that we're believing God for, and I come across a scripture that has to do with that area, man, I write it down. And then now I have a right to bring that before God 
and he and I can contend together. And I'd much rather contend with his word than with my word. Because then you're begging. But when I come to him with precedent, when I come to him with his own words, what he promised, then I have the right to believe it and I have the right to expect it, that there's an expected end. Would you stand up with me this morning? Wow, wow, wow. Man, I just believe that God is, has been speaking to your heart this morning. I just believe that God has specific things that he, specific areas that he's talking to you about in your heart and you're going, you know, that's an area that I need to find some scripture on because it's in the word of God. It's all there. That's what I love about the word of God. You know, some people say, well, Phil, you don't understand. I'm a special case. Well, I, I do understand that everybody thinks that and you are, you're special. <laughs> And I'm special too. All of us have our own things that we're going through. But let me tell you, the blood of Jesus is enough. It's enough. It paid for everything. There's no debt hanging out there that his blood didn't pay for. So I wanna pray for you this morning. If that's you and you say, Phil, yeah, I'm going through it. And I haven't, haven't known what to do. But now, today, I'm getting vision for life. Vision for where God wants to take me. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.